0: Hi there, Ilona Thompson with Palette Exposure. I'm very excited to introduce you to the chef by the name of Nate Singer. Over the years, I've had a good fortune to interview many culinary heroes, celebrity chefs, and like, and had some fantastic conversations. However, this one is unlike any other. Nate comes from humble beginnings that were rich in experience and lessons and self-sufficiency. His skill set is quite diverse and unique, and his mentors came from all walks of life, from ethnic old-school cooks to world-renowned celebrity chefs. He learned from the best and mastered the art of butchery, charcuterie, and many others. But perhaps most importantly, he became a researcher, a philosopher, and an advocate that thinks a great deal about food consumption and the effect that it has on each and every one of us. So if you're a meat lover, happen to be on a keto diet, simply care about the integrity of what goes into your body. You cannot afford to miss this conversation. As little consumers, we shy away from the difficult conversations, such as commodity markets and where food really comes from. Nate believes that food is medicine, and I invite you to find out why. First of all, there's some forces that... um clearly are making a concerted effort I'm assuming a politicized effort to take the land is that an accurate statement?
1: Um, I would say there's conversation and intent and knowing that there's land here and there's agriculture here and I don't know what the intent is and I don't know who it is I don't know what's happening and I don't think the Indians did either I you see know, who, like who is running the show Yeah. how big is the world
0: yeah There's some effort, there's some push on the part of some ex-forces.
1: I can say things have gotten harder for the rancher, indeed, and the rancher is facing challenges now that they've never faced before.
0: I know that this is a community issue, you know, in the immediate sense, but there's also a bigger issue. So creating awareness of the fact that it even exists, because I didn't know until you just told me about it. How can the rest of us that um, are not of Wyoming and not close to the source and not living it every day like you do, what can we do to help?
1: Um, you can be conscious about what you eat. And so I always say that the last free choice that we have as Americans is what we put in our mouths and what we consume. Yeah. You know, and we can make a conscious decision of how we treat our body. And from there we can make a conscious decision of how we treat our land in our place because everybody has a place Whether it be on a ranch or in a city or wherever it is and it's those Mm -hmm. stages of respecting yourself to respect where you are and the people around you and so learning that self-respect and that motivation of self-worth and um, being the best person you can and then making those connections with people that are producing in your community is number one. And so when we started the Carter Country's dropship program, we did it with the Eddie Cooler Company and we did it on a scale for people in the city that don't have a chest freezer or tin to fill up with meat, you know? Uh-huh. They have a small little freezer inside their house. So we took a whole cow and we broke it down into percentage. We fractionalized it. I did and Yeti sent me one of every one of their coolers and I took a whole cow and I cut it down to portion and then we figured out how to put packages together for the everyday person from a five pound box up to an eighth a cow. And so with our program at Carter Country if you get on and buy a 10 pound box of meat you're buying 10 pounds of 100% of the cow cause the way we break it down. And so there's no loose ends on that program at all. And so if you can't buy locally from your Ranchers and people that are growing in your community. We've developed a program to feed people, you know on that scale
0: So what I'm hearing you say is that we need to take some we need to be thoughtful. We need to take some responsibility For what we put in our body and honor that but also understand where the product comes from There's so much rhetoric flying around marketing yep. is rampant, you know, ev- the words you know sustainable organic biodynamic i mean it's commonplace yep. um but what does it really mean is it marketing or is it the truth so and the only way you can discern is delve into it and learn who's behind the words You gotta ask questions be c- but be you got to be educated
1: to ask questions yeah you can't ask questions on a subject you're not educated about and why them not putting information out about how our meat's raised in america or where it comes from They alleviate, they get rid of those questions from people about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of information suppression going on, clearly, on a bigger scale. But when it comes to our bodies and what we feed our families, that's a non-negotiable for most people. What could be more important? That's how I feel, yeah, 100%. There's nothing
1: more important than taking care of yourself and your body. And I've learned, I didn't used to be healthy. You know, I grew up poor, too. And just because you're poor doesn't mean you can't be healthy. You know, everybody can be healthy. It's It's a choice. And there's so much temptation in America nowadays. There's the bags of crackers. There's the chips. There's everything. Everything is built for them to make you unhealthy for their healthcare system, to then take advantage for you in the end. And it's the same thing as they're raising their commodity beef. They're putting us through the ringer and making us sick to where they can make us pay them to treat us in the end. I firmly believe that.
0: I think you've uncovered um, a bigger issue. I mean, it seems really evil to me, like in a profound way. I
1: might just be sketched out, too, you know, that's why I live in Wyoming on a ranch, because, but I have been in the real world, and I have traveled, and I have been in cities, and I have seen shortages, and I have seen people that don't eat right, and what it does to their brains.
0: I think, as human, we're very much part of the very fragile, in my view, ecosystem, that if we you know, are not aware of it, we get in our own way. Physically, mentally, intellectually, but
1: your own own way could be complacency. Correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or misinterpreted for that. This is how I do things. No, you're complacent with how you do things, so you don't want to change. You know. And so you have to ask that question to people.
0: It's the chicken or the egg, right? Where does it begin? Yeah. Um, It's a formidable challenge, but thank God for people like you that are asking questions and challenging people. To think I've always been a proponent Of critical thinking And it translates into everything And what you just described Is such a vivid example I can't think of a more important One actually When taking stock of where you are At any point And starting to think differently And training yourself Like what am I going to go buy tomorrow At a grocery store Mm. What does that look like Because we all do that
1: yeah, I'm going to the grocery store after this, you know, because I need fruit, and we don't have fruit in Wyoming. Like, what does that mean? Should we be eating fruit or not? You know, like that's the question. That's the wormhole you can get into, but you have to have that line of saying, okay, I have to eat, and as long as I can buy fruit that I know isn't, cr- you know, going to a source that, you know, there's bad labor. You know, wages and all these things that happen. And a lot of that marketing you're talking about with words is their buffer for that, for the human brain. If you're buying organic, you're not putting into that in, in your mind, right? Yeah. If you're buying natural, you're not putting into that game in your mind. And so they've trained us in their marketing to feel good about what we buy. And that's what marketing is. They've done a really good job.
0: So there's a philosophical aspect to it. And there's also practical meaning, you vote with your dollars right. Mm -hmm. So if you put your money behind people that treat you right, then the world will slowly start changing. That's the idea really, is to give the resources to people that treat you right. Mm -hmm. The farmers, the growers. And it's not some sort of an, you know, anti-corporate crusade. No, not at all. It's just really understanding.
1: It's identifying flaws in the system that they created. Like people have to eat, and I understand like the lab-made meat because there's homeless people all over this country, and we can't raise meat for everybody. Like there's not enough ranches left. We we could before, you know a couple generations ago there wasn't plenty of land left but with the development of America and agriculture and everything, yeah, they developed a system quickly and efficiently to feed Americans and you can't knock that, you know but you can be educated about the flaws and be aware of the flaws but if you don't think there's flaws in the system you're never going to have that motivation to change, you know
0: Yeah So what would be a roadmap for somebody like me that happens to live in California, which you know arguably has a lot of resources and a lot of you know um, ways you can feed yourself We have farmers' markets and such like that so um, i 've always felt kind of secure, but perhaps it 's false sense of security. Um, what would somebody like me do like to take an active role in changing? how I shop and how I eat and how I spend money.
1: Well, I'm all about, like, and that, is there co-ops, you know? Like, are there there ranchers and farmers working together, you know? Mm -hmm. And as a Mm -hmm. consumer, you have to voice that... Well, one reason that it's to eat healthy is because it's not readily available. You might have to go to four different farms Mm -hmm. or four different stores. So how, how do you develop a business or inspire someone who wants to make a change to connect the ranchers, to connect the farmers, to make it easier for the consumer to consume on a healthy level? Yeah. And so there's a place, there's a, in Cody, Wyoming, there's a guy named Zach, and he has a company called Farm Table West. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he does. He takes from all the local people that are small producers, and he puts it online as a platform for the local community with a vegetable delivery system. And it's amazing. you know? And so there's different jobs now after the pandemic. It's not the same America yes. that we lived in. And so you have to think about how to feed the people and how to get food to the people because it's so much easier just to go to the supermarket and buy stuff, load up your whole cart, get everything you need in one shot, and then you go home and you watch TV and you eat your stuff and that's that. But what is that? You know, like is that, you kicked ass that day? because you got your shopping done and you had a good dinner or did you not, you know, could you have gone to those four ranches or those four farms and spent a half an hour on those farms getting to know your producers and reinforcing them and giving them more money to do what they do, you know, just to make sure they're there for you when you need them. And I think that time spent is the most valuable thing that we have and where you choose to spend your time and what you choose to spend it on, that's the real currency and value of life. It's not money.
0: Wow, that's profound. You know, they talk about farm-to-table and hyper-local behaviors um, in California a lot, a great deal. Um, and one of the fortunate things is that um, the purveyors, you know, were forced to go direct to the consumer. Um, you know, the f- fishmongers that used to sell to a restaurant
1: right. yeah.
0: didn't have an option anymore. Um yeah selling to a restaurant because the restaurant is shut down and
1: and that's what happened was when this happened we have all this beef ready we have all this meat ready okay
0: yeah
1: what happens with all of it you saw what happened with it and then what happens is all these companies spend money marketing teams to create online businesses now that you see on your social medias and all the swipers you see like a new beef company every day pop up but that's marketing it might be the same beef as the next company might be that and so that's where we shifted from our online dropship program and investing in that as much as we were to get food to people in cities to let me let us show you how to feed your community because that's not the answer either that social media shit, that online marketing stuff, all that stuff is not the answer to the healthy community and what we're doing, and it took us a little bit of time to understand that, and we're not going to get rid of our drop ship model, because Mm -hmm. we feel like people need us, and they need people like us to provide for them to have those options, and yeah, we don't make money doing that because FedEx takes all the money, or whoever takes all the, to get the meat, it's all a racket, you know, the rancher still doesn't make the money when you're drop-shipping meat, but you're doing the right thing by helping, support, She's not making a lot of money off you, but you're eating healthy food. And that's what we care about more than anything. And so that's why we started focusing on the community. And we're like, if we're doing this for everybody else in America, we have to do this for our community too. And that's when we proposed the grants to you know, the State for the CARES Act last year, and they approved us to serve underserved communities in Wyoming.
0: So if there's one thing that you hear loud and clear, those that are listening, there's no bloody shortcuts. I mean, your whole life story is hard work. You know, sitting here and listening to you, how much you've put in, virtually 24-hour cycle of, you know, um, working various jobs, and, I mean, I am stunned at the level of your work ethic. Thank you. Um... And yet you find yourself in a place where you're so willing to, instead of, you know, working some glamorous job or, you know, having a glamorous position, you find yourself really, first and foremost, the educator, the oracle of what's right. We have to step up you individually. To, you have to do we your part. To.
1: You have to try.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: try to be better, you know. Um, do self-work yeah like it's so easy to not do self-work
0: it's easy like you said instant gratification swipe go to the supermarket yeah. just always it's like Star Wars the easy route right it <laughs> leads to the dark side it keeps coming up um, it just so important for anybody anybody um, and I don't care if you're a meat-eater same applies for vegetables and other products that you purchase Give yourself the trouble,
1: yeah I mean spend Do the work spend your time, not your money, right
0: spend your time, not your money
1: yeah, if you don't I've never don't had- mo- I never had money, but I had time, and the way I chose to spend my time has gotten me where I need to be in life, I feel like
0: wow, so let's talk about that because you're like a living magnet for talented people, I mean, you've described <laughs> so many relationships. <laughs> where you you gravitated in a certain direction, people gravitate towards you, again, it's that symbiosis, but it's not an accident that you've been around so many people, those skill sets that you've picked up from them and you made your own, you assimilated it, and then you created yet another value proposition, whether it's opening a restaurant or a butcher shop or learning, you know, how to butcher a different animal. you're like a confluence of but all with,
1: this. But with that, I've never made that decision to do it for myself. There's always been that. But I'm a Libra, and so I have the scales. And it's always been, when I put in, I expect people to give back. And when people give to me, I have to give back. There's no other way. I can't have an off-level scale. You know? And so when I get going, and, and when I get around the people that inspire me, and drive me, then I have something to offer them too. And I feel like, you say I've done so many different things. It's because I've put my craft and the time that i put into my craft as what my worth is, and people match that with what their worth is. And people can identify it themselves, like, I've been doing this. So let me teach you pasta. You teach me meat. Let me teach you sourdough bread. Teach me how to make hams, you know? Like, and there's that camaraderie of, yes, we're both in it for the same thing. And maybe you can't pay me to do that, but I'm not paying you to teach me. You know, and so it, that's kind of my, my gist on it is Like everybody that I chose to be around in my career and everybody I've chose to work for, I've never taken a job for money. I've always taken it because I feel like that's where I need to be. And I can feel the energies and the vibes of this is where I'm supposed to be, you know, and these are the people I'm supposed to be around. And it's never been about the dollar for me.
0: When is your birthday?
1: October seventeenth.
0: We're three days apart. Really? We're <laughs> So I get it. Um, yes. Harder question: How did you get so wise?
1: Um, by listening, I would say. I was just listening and self work, you know. And if you were the only one to believe in what you believed in, like, would you still believe it? Is a quote that I've heard. And Say that one more time, if you were the only one to believe in what you believed in, would you still believe it and That's a quote I've heard um, from actually Kanye West, and he says that you know, and I see that, and it's um it makes me think, and it always has, and my answer is yes, but I've asked people that, and I've shown people that I've sent that on medias to people, and I ask them, and I'm like does that resonate with you? And I'm surprised at how many people it does and doesn't resonate with. But it's asking a question about yourself.
0: Well, I have goosebumps. It's part of the reason why I asked you to repeat it, because everyone should be asking themselves that question. It's, it's a must. It, it defines you as a human I in know. many ways. Um, it's a, it's a really tough question. It's powerful. that you know, is powerful M- one.
1: Mr. West asked it, you know, and it's like, yeah, I do believe in that. And that's why I'm here today, because I'm supposed to be here, I feel like, you know.
0: There's almost a message to, um, to not just Red Reeflet, but, you know, just the environment in Wyoming. This is my first visit. Um, I'm hoping first of many. Um, You're
1: in the Bighorn Basin right now. Yeah. And the Bighorn Basin is magic land.
0: It, it's spirituality that it you is. cannot articulate adequately. At least I'm struggling for words and I'm usually not at a loss of words. <laughs> it gets you in places you have forgot about or didn't think existed. It has a presence yes. that's so much greater than your mind your imagination is capable of capturing um, the level of spirituality I mean it just it colors everything
1: Oh, I'm, I, mean, I would be swamped now too because I'm, I'm very spiritual and I believe in that I believe in the spirituality of the land and I believe in the energy and when you go outside and you breathe the fresh air and you, you breathe Wyoming and you live Wyoming it does something to you
0: uh, I can attest to that. Um, this is nothing short of shocking to your system. Your system literally gets recalibrated, um, you know, even for those of us that will not necessarily pay close attention because we're so mired in our internal reality. It's impossible, it, it gets you so quick and so firmly, yeah. there's, no, there's no escaping it. Um,
1: is that because there's no distractions? I believe in that.
0: Yes. Yes. It it sort of takes all the nonsense away. It just clears the decks. And all of a sudden you're very naked and vulnerable. And that's not a comfort
1: but you're, space but for but you're, people. But you're still new. It's like being a young kid
0: because yeah. you don't have
1: the distractions yeah. of the everyday life that we've acquired over our lifetimes. Yeah. And so you have fresh eyes again which means you have new r- room inside of you to take in more to take in new things and I think that's what you're talking about right
0: yeah just the expansiveness of the land the diversity of the landscape just to share beauty um, the fact that it exists yes. um, just and
1: m- that's my point of we have to support our ranchers yes because they take care of our land
0: it's a must
1: They take care of the land
0: when you said it's really not about even the cattle piece of it, it's about the land. How profound is that? I mean, what could be more important that gives life to so everything else? If we don't have land, what do we have?
1: It's, in, it's not all fun and games. It's not all playtime, you know. It's hard, hard work, and it's hard now with um, the average rancher being over 60 years old in America. You know, it's hard for that a next generation to make them want to invest in the family ranch when there's no future. And when down the line they can't see a future in it. and I think the discouragement involved in that is something that needs to be on the forefront of what pe- why are we discouraging ranchers in America? Why are we discouraging the young generation to live a life that they produce for others? It's always about yourself. You go to college, you take care of yourself, you do this, do this, do this. and obviously it doesn't work for most people. It doesn't work in the human body. It creates a conflict inside the human body where people have to react a certain way which becomes individuality in the wrong substance of space where they are in my mind. And it's like, why can't we focus on not just ourselves while we're growing up and while we're raised and being on a ranch. That's what you learn. You learn to focus on the animals. You learn to focus on your surroundings because it can be dangerous. And it's not internal focus like it is in the city, going to the school every day, focusing on yourself and what you're going to be worth someday. And you're going to make a bunch of money and you're going to get your degrees, you're going to do all this stuff. And what is that? That's distraction to what you are as a human and what you have to offer to the world that you're in.
0: Somehow we fostered a culture of selfishness and instant gratification and we got our values all backwards, I'm afraid. You know, when you're in Wyoming and you look around, you can't think this is about you. Because it's so much greater than you I mean, it's visually there It's like you have to be deaf and blind And very, very silly to think otherwise Um, But you're right, in, in a more urban environment It's literally obscured It's just like here you can see the stars So much brighter But in the city you don't Because there's a layer of, you know Literally you cannot see what you can see so people tend to live in that environment and perpetuate the cycle and the only way to break free is freeze to do the hard work and to actually ask yourself a question why am I on this earth you know what value do I add having a larger bank account is not an answer we know that so what I've heard repetitively here is that I want to leave this a better place than I've had the pleasure of being a steward of what does that mean that means a lot of hard work and that means a lot of awareness but shouldn't we all aspire as human beings to leave the place that we inhabited or inherited or somehow managed in our life cycle better i mean everybody says i want to do better for my kids
1: that's what they say
0: but very few people know what that actually looks like outside of giving them another object to manage. We as a society took a quick and easy route. We shipped stuff overseas like you described because it's cheaper. The labor is cheaper here. It comes back and it's labeled uh, or mislabeled like you described. And yeah, that's that's instant gratification really. It's an extension of it. Mm -hmm. The harder thing would have been to go the route of supporting a local community so that they have the resources and the incentivized to produce something that you can see in a transparent way as far as the process Mm -hmm. and that you consume consciously. And we are on the path of extinction.
1: Extinction from distraction, right? Complacency. Yeah. And, you know, it's (coughs) easy to point the finger, it's easy to say you should do better you guys should all do better and that's what I try not to say to anybody
0: you lead by example you basically live your life Um,
1: and I have conversations and and I dedicate my time and my currency to the conversations
0: but it's a hard choice every day to make
1: Oh, and there's a lot of emotion with it you know, always because you make yourself vulnerable like you said and you talk to people and you get to the root of Why are you here? What are you doing? What are you doing for yourself to be better, you know?
0: I've seen how you treat your staff. I've seen you know, enough to say that you are a nurturer and a teacher. It's just, it's deep within and you're blessed with the gift of compassion which defines a human in my view.
1: That's awesome. Thank you.
0: It's, It's the truth. It's what I've observed. Um, it's humbling to be around that It kind of strips you a little bit of the um, nonsense Like what kind of human being am I, you know Seeing an example of a elevated human But it's necessary And it makes me wonder <clears throat> For those of us that are not privileged to be around great humans like I am How can they seek that counsel that mentorship, if you will, what can they practically do to get in front of people that would make them better humans?
1: It's not about where you are or who you're around. Like I said before, I think it's about your self-worth and your self-work. And if you put time into the machine, being yourself, it makes everything move. It makes your whole world move, It makes your energies move, and it makes things more um, of an opportunity than a distraction. You just begin identifying things differently, and you begin, you know, digesting things differently in your personal. And it's like, you don't have to leave to find it, you got to find it inside first before you find it in the material world, you know, and once you find it in your place of human, and you identify your distractions, you can build it. Like the rose that grew from concrete, you know, it can go anywhere. It can come from anywhere. It doesn't have to. We're in ten sleep. Wyoming, 250 people. Everyone says we can't do it, you know. We're dying ranchers, like everything's disappearing and we're trying hard to, you know, find peace in what we do and identify why we do it. And to show people that, you know, you have to really respect the way that we live um, as humans, but you have to be very, um, aware of the dangers that come with respecting it. You know, because there's multiple dangers in living the way that we live and where we live. So, if you're living somewhere in the city, you have different dangers than you have in the country. Like, that's pretty plain and simple, right? But how do you respect that danger? You can respect it the same way, you can identify it the same way no matter where you are. You know, and so for me, it's more about understanding yourself and putting in that work to get, putting in that work to get the results that you're wanting. You can't put your finger on it because that's just materialistic. You can't do this. It all starts within. It all starts with taking care of yourself and your body, and it's contagious. Thanks again for tuning in to the official podcast of Palette Exposure, featuring Alona Thompson. We'll see you again next week.